I threw a tweet out. Uh, it, it something just popped in my head while I was watching being the elite. So I, I put this tweet out. This is what needs to happen. We need a Brandon Cutler versus Peter Avalon match. The winner is the winner and bragging rights and all that stuff. Except it ends in a time limit draw and the saga continues. Oh, you're pretty proud of yourself there, eh, bud? <laughs> I freaking guess so. The only thing is, is that you predicted a, uh, a time limit draw and it was a double count out. Cue the intro. The following presentation has been brought to you by HSF Productions. Hey guys, welcome back to IWP, the Impromptu Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Tally006. Over to my left, as always, is my brother Damien. How's it going this week? I'm doing really well. How are you? Doing great. It's Friday. Oh, Time yeah. To talk like about Friday. some wrestling. Um, before we get into this week's show, IWP has some pretty big news. It's been a long time coming, something we've talked about since like the beginning of the podcast. But, you know, just because we were just trying it out, we weren't sure how well we were going to do or how we were even going to like it. So, you know, we kind of let's just do YouTube. We'll make some YouTube videos. It's free. I already know how to upload to YouTube and whatnot. And uh, let's work with it. But I I feel like we've been getting pretty good at this. Getting a lot more comfortable. And uh, we made the leap. We are now audio only. Available on a few different podcast networks. So if you guys are out there. You know if you're like if you're like Corey. Shout out to Corey. Hated listening to us on YouTube. Because he had to keep the app open. It killed his phone. You know I understand. I get it. So if you're in that boat and you guys want to check out an audio-only version of the weekly episodes, you can head over to one of four places, depending on where you find your podcasts. We are live on Spotify, which I would recommend is probably your best bet. Also, Anchor FM, if you guys have Anchor FM, uh, there's a really cool feature where you guys can leave us audio uh, recordings, messages, it's kind of like comments, but we'll actually get to hear you. And then we can actually use those and put them in the episodes if you, if you so choose. So definitely check that out. If you guys are on anchor. Also, we are on pocket casts and radio public. So some big news there. Um, if you guys are checking us out audio only, let us know at our Twitter handles. They are under our cameras right now on the YouTube channel. If you are still listening on YouTube you guys are listening to the audio only version right now, I at impromptu Jeff and at impromptu Damien. So, hit us up. Hit us up. Also, because of the the news of hit, hitting up the uh, audio only and hit, getting into the like legitimate podcast game, I guess we can call it. Um, 
we do have a website that is it's live right now as as i believe um we don't have a domain name yet but i'll leave the link to the website in the description and youtube if you guys want to check that out um whenever we have episodes going live on youtube and these four podcast networks that we just mentioned it'll be up on on that website as well so big news we're growing up we're moving on up we're getting into the uh into the podcast game and uh joe rogan you know we're coming after you bud we're on spotify now <laughs> you better watch yourself <laughs> I think we're, we're a long ways, way from Joe Rogan. Yeah. yeah, we're away from Joe Rogan. <laughs> Anyways, let's get right into the show. We got a we got a good show coming up for you. We got one piece of breaking kayfabe, and then we'll get right into the meat and potatoes. Being the elite, awesome episode of Being the Elite. AW Dark and uh, AW Dynamite Wednesday Night Dynamite, as always, and big news coming out of Dynamite. So let's get right into breaking kayfabe. <clears throat> So the one big news piece of this of this week was um, a new signing. A new wrestler is hashtag all elite, and that is Will Hobbs. Um, we've seen Will on Dark, a couple episodes of Dynamite, jobbing out to guys like Orange Cassidy and um, Darby Allen, of all people. Um, I was really worried about how they were handling Will Hobbs, but uh, he had an awesome showing at uh, the Casino Battle Royale at All Out this year. And I think this is a huge pickup. And as we'll talk about later in the show, he is already in the main event picture, which is huge. What are your thoughts on uh, the new signing of Will Hobbs? Yeah, like I was thinking the same thing, you know, were they burying this this behemoth of a man, uh, you know, really big strong athlete and getting knocked off by these smaller competitors um i I think it's a good signing i think i probably say it every single episode now you know uh, we need these big guys to be competing against the other big guys that 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 are in the company i think there's a good handful of them in there now so uh a lot Mm -hmm. of competition but uh, you know Lance Archer and and Brody Lee and and whatnot need a competitor like Will Hobbs, and yeah, I guess we'll be talking a little bit more about this guy later on in the show. Yeah, definitely, uh, I completely agree. Um, I think he's a star in the making. I think he's still pretty green, uh, from what I've heard. Might be a few years into his career, but uh, he's young, he's big, he's strong, and I mean. Like we'll talk about a little bit later, he is in the main event picture, so to speak. So uh, yeah, we'll definitely I don't like talk his, about that uh, a bit his more. catchphrase there, willpower. I think will that's power, cool. Yeah, I think yeah. uh, it's going to be good on a shirt and whatnot. That's uh, that's right, man. Right, that's licensed to print money right there. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, congratulations to Will Hobbs. Welcome to All Elite Wrestling. Like. I have any say in what happened, like I'm part of AEW, but uh, <laughs> we're uh, glad you're here for a while. Let's uh, let's see what you got, bud. All right, let's move on to being the elite. This was episode 221, a very slippery rope, and uh, I mean, overall, I thought this was a really good episode. It had me laughing right from the get go. Um, you know. Uh, maybe a couple of low spots, but I mean, it was mostly high spots for me. Um, yeah, I would agree. I, uh, 
Um, I had trouble actually thinking what the low spots were, but um, I think the Cole Cabana bit kind of that was a slippy rope, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the, the dance ending, off the ending like usually the endings are the best part. Right. This week was uh, man that was going long and they even fast forwarded the damn video. Right. Yeah. That that was a bit much and. Have we seen that guy on Darker at all? Like he's obviously a wrestler. Like he, the guy's jacked, but well, I don't recognize him. Um, we hadn't seen him before this. Um, but uh, he he fought. Oh on yeah, Dark the following okay. day. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I, just to get the low spots out of the way, I did not care for the dance off. I mean, uh, a rare miss from Alex and. And uh, Silver and Reynolds. Sorry, I almost went back to calling them Long John Silver and Alex <laughs> Riley for a second. There. Well, after that one, maybe we we're gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a miss. But I mean, they can't all be gold. You can't enjoy the sun with a couple rainy days in there, right? So, well, you know what? I, I'm gonna go against you, like for the, you know, odd time that I I go against you. I right. liked that. It was a dance off in that it brought back the whole um, Reynolds spending a million dollars for for tap dance lessons. <laughs> so kind of keeping okay. that story going, I thought that was pretty clever. The bit did go long though, but the ending was probably the best part with the whole judges panel. Yeah, and for I, sure. And that I love was... how it's up to Stu Grayson. <laughs> and, I, and I like those guys yeah and i did like that silver thought he had it in the bag because it was Stu. and then yeah Stu totally throws him under the bus but i mean ah, just because the ending of a of a movie was good doesn't mean the movie was good you know what i mean yeah i'm talking I'm, I'm talking about the sixth sense horrible movie <laughs> um yeah, what what did you think about, about Eddie Kingston making his Well, yeah, I was just debut. I was just going to bring that up, man. Let's get back to the to the cold open here. This was this was funny. And I mean, I don't know I don't know if our viewers who watch Being the Elite realized, uh, I'm I'm sure you realized, but I mean, this was a gigantic slap in the face to WWE, to the Vanilla Brand. And to go even deeper, like you're talking after, about that that they had a promo class, yeah, that they were okay. running a promo class, and the fact that they that Eddie Kingston's cutting a promo on a cookie, it is very well known that NXT talent have to cut promos on inanimate objects. That's like part of it, because I'm assuming the thought is, is that if you can cut a good promo on a cookie, then you can cut a great promo against a a feuding talent or something right right but just to add another layer to this whole situation is that when eddie kingston debuted on aew against cody rhodes sorry cody wow i always always do that another 15 bucks we owe vince (laughs) son of a bitch um i might have did that one on purpose um (laughs) After he debuted in that match, uh, the TNT Championship match he had against Cody, he was contacted. Eddie Kingston was contacted by the Vanilla Brand to join NXT as a coach. 
Okay. I didn't Which know he that obviously, was the timeline. Yeah. But I did hear obviously, that story. Obviously, he turned it down because he is hashtag all elite. So, yeah. They, I, interesting news coming out of that. But, yeah, it was shortly after that debut. Okay. Now, did you think that this segment was a work or a shoot? <clears throat> and, and what I mean by that is everybody laughing after the promo. Like, do you think that was how it was supposed to go or did they not no. expect Eddie to do such a awe-inspiring promo that they just didn't know what to do so they just started laughing I think that was ad-libbed I think that's yeah. Eddie Kingston just okay we're rolling and you know come up with something right you know I, maybe they did it two or three times we don't know that right. but I, I think he was doing it off the cuff like I highly doubt that was scripted and if it I was, mean, it seems it seems so organic that they were yeah. just laughing, and then it comes back, and he's eating the cookie. Like it could be one of my <clears throat> most favorite segments that I can remember being the elite. Like, yeah, it was just sure. so real and not really planned. Yeah, it was so cool. And let's just quickly talk about who showed up for promo class. I mean, we got maskless Luchasaurus in the back hiding his face with a towel. Marco Stunt has his arm, his face buried in his arm because he's trying to hold back the laughs. And then freaking Trent's mom, Sue, front row. You know, when when are we seeing Sue show up on Dynamite with a big promo? <laughs> She's no taking the class, eh? right? She's looking different than the first time we met her. Oh, definitely. I She's think, got uh, that... Uh... AEW money, I think. I think so. She's hitting the salon. <laughs> got some new clothes. Sue's looking good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a great, it was a great segment. If 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 you guys aren't BTE fans, but you are AEW fans, go check this episode out strictly for this cold open. It was freaking amazing. I loved it. Uh, what else can we talk about we here? We had the uh, Michael I, Nakazawa stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to bring this up because this is uh, this is a classic example. We've talked about this uh, in the past, actually recently in the past couple weeks. Can't remember how long ago it was, but AEW is very, very good at taking mistakes and mishaps and turning them around and putting them into stories. So that they make sense. So that now they're not so much a mistake as, you know, now we have it thinking like, whoa, maybe it was a work the whole time. I mean, this situation was obviously a mistake and a, and a mishap that they are making it look better. So uh, why don't you tell us what happened here? Yeah, you know what? I <clears throat> I think this is more of just the leadership going, hey, you know what? We're going to make mistakes and... We're not going to let it bother us and we're not going to, you know, pretend that they didn't happen and, and that kind of stuff. And they kind of make fun of themselves, which I, exactly. I really like. Um, so, yeah, the the whole bit is uh, Nakazawa comes in and he's talking to the elite and he wants to be in the uh, battle royale. So this is uh, he, before. He almost thinks he's already in it. He's like, what number am I? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so this is, what did the, did the open say? is like two hours before All Out? Yeah, yeah, it was hours <clears throat> uh, hours before, I think is how Okay. Yeah, so uh, he he thinks he's on the show, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like uh, really making fun of him, which I, I really felt bad for for Knack here because <laughs> right? poor guy just wants to be on the show, right? And his best uh, friend Kenny even he's calling him a jackass for thinking that he is on the show. Like, yeah, yeah, they're like basically <laughs> asking him for fifty bucks. Like, you do you want to watch the show because it's fifty bucks? <laughs> Nick outright calls him. He's like, you're a terrible wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Nick has the best like just little just little one liners that he throws into a segment yeah. and they just catch you off guard. Just like I mean I I quickly if I could recall the the merch I'm going I'm going on a singles run as merch freak. Like that had me in stitches laughing. Nick's Nick's awesome. And uh <clears throat> So, yeah, they start talking about the Battle Royale, and he's like, yeah, you know, I should be in the Battle Royale. And they're like, no, no, we got 20 guys already. You know, all we got left is the Joker to fill. And he's like, well, I can be the Joker. And and they're like, oh, yeah, look at this funny guy. thinks he can be the Joker. Yeah, you're the Joker, (laughs) all right, you know. (laughs) You know, Matt doing his his, uh, sarcasm bit there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I can't remember exactly what they say, but it, it kind of went like, um, you know, Matt Seidel is going to make an impact. Yeah. So, uh, so Knack is, uh, yeah, okay, well, then I'll make an impact. And uh, it uh, goes to a different segment, or does it? Yeah, I think they right went after? to a. No, I think they went to a different segment uh, for a little while, and then they came back. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they showed some clips of, you know, what happened at All Out, and if you haven't watched All Out, um, Matt Seidel was the the Joker, you know, uh, the sort of surprise entrant like they always have, and he goes to do his uh, patent. Yeah. The best best uh, shooting star press in the business, and he slips in. He fall on his back. Oh yeah, he damn near hit his head on the turnbuckle as he came down. But it was a nasty. It was a nasty fall. I mean, yeah. we talked all about it in the uh, all out review show. If you guys haven't checked that out yet, but uh, it was nasty. And for uh, a big surprise, you know, entrant debut into a new company, you really want to make that first impression and. Uh, just didn't go well for him that time yeah and then so, it comes well, back happened? to it comes back to being it comes back to the elite they're watching the show in the back while battle royale is going on and they can't even watch they turn the tv off they're what you know this is turned to to shit and all of this kind of stuff and then nakazawa walks in and he's all happy and mm-hmm Hey guys, uh, are you watching the show? Like, well, what do you think? That was there an impact? <laughs> I, I like how Nakazawa just—he's so proud of himself and yeah, um, admits that he used the the baby oil on the uh, on the uh, top turnbuckle, which made him slip. So this, uh, you know, real sort of botch. Uh, they're they're making light of it by saying that Nakazawa actually planned it this way and yeah. he put the baby all on there. Yeah, super clever. It's a, it's a super clever idea. I mean, we even get to see he's sitting there and he's being all like super, you know, <laughs> as he's putting the oil all over the turnbuckle. Like obviously, 
you know, you see that it, it looks like they're still setting up for the show. Like there's crew members everywhere. So it's super believable that this could have happened before all out, like, you know, movie magic there. And then, yeah, I mean, I just think it's super clever. This is just big brain, big brain IQ plays here by uh, AEW. Uh, I, I would love to know whose idea this was. I want to say it was the Young Bucks idea, but uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's big brain. And then uh, we get we come back to this story a little bit later. And, um, you know, Matt Seidel making his BTE uh, debut. It's talking to somebody in the hall and you know, oh, it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, I'll bounce back. Shit happens kind of thing. And then knack walks up and ends apologizing. And he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, this stuff kind of happens. He's like, no, you don't understand. I sabotaged your spot. I put baby oil on the turnbuckle and then they do a little chase scene. Aha. Uh-huh. You know, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I'm throwing it out there. Probably AEW Dark in a couple of weeks. Sidell versus Nakazawa. We got to get the payoff to this feud, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's sort of a, a side benefit of this as well is that you kind of get him involved in a, in a feud, <clears throat> right, like right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, you know, may, you know, Matt Sidell himself probably was hoping that his first feud in a new company was going to be against, you know, a jungle boy or, you know, someone of a bigger name. But I mean, when, when happy accidents kind of happen like this, you just kind of roll with it. And I'm sure the two of them, uh, Nakazawa is a veteran of the company. This guy knows how to get shit over. If you can get baby oil over, you know, you, then you can get a feud over with uh, a talented wrestler like Matt Seidel. So um, it's probably not what he was hoping for, but I mean, I think they're going to make a great little feud out of it. And uh, even if it only lasts for one match, at least we're getting a payoff. And then, you know, we, we, we don't even know is Matt Seidel all elite yet. Like, was he signed or is he still kind of just working uh, independently for AEW right now? Uh, I haven't seen anything about him being hashtag all elite. So yeah, it is quite possible that he's, uh, you know, just kind of working on a contract by contract basis. I mean, we've seen this before wrestlers come in, they do a little bit of work and then we get signed, you know, Will Hobbs, a great example, job and out to Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. He gets signed. Maybe if Matt Seidel actually hits the shooting star press against Nakazawa in his dark match, maybe he'll get signed. Um, I mean, we, we've been talking about how we, we needed all these big guys, and now we're getting all these big guys. I think Matt Seidel would really fit in in the singles department to work with guys like Sammy, Darby, Ricky Starks. I, th- I, think, it's, I think it would be a great addition, and I mean... We know Tony Khan's a uh, big subscriber of the show. He listens and watches every week. So, I mean, expect Matt Seidel to get signed. I mean, how do you not sign this kid? He had a he had a miss a, a misstep, a slip. Forget it. We've rewritten it so that it looks a little bit better. He'll do it better next time. I guarantee it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, I mean, there are some other great. Uh, Great bits on on BTE, but uh, if you guys want to check that out, go check it out on YouTube every Monday, uh, BTE, uh, Being the Elite, 
at YouTube, whatever, however those things go. But go check it out for yourselves. Let's move on ourselves to AEW Dark. This was episode 52, Daily's Place, September 15th, 2020. We had uh, you know, one of those Excalibur patented uh, super showdown. That's a WWE term, but it was a supersized uh, AEW Dark. Uh, what did we have? It totally was. I'll try to get through it as fast as I can. In the opening match, we had Red Velvet uh, versus Brandy Rhodes, and Brandy Rhodes going over on this one. And uh, one of the interesting parts about this match is that uh, Brandy Rhodes and uh, she was uh, brought in with uh, dust and came out of different different tunnels, and they right. made a point of saying that uh, you know Brandy came out of the. Did they call it the heel tunnel? No, they tunnels? don't, but they, they called it the other tunnel. Okay. But, I mean, we as viewers, we know that there's a heel tunnel and then there's a babyface tunnel, and it's actually a really clever, um, you know, way to do things. But we did point it out when Brandy had her, like, amazing heel promo on uh, Dark a few weeks ago that she left. She came out the babyface tunnel, but she left in the heel tunnel. And that was like a really subtle uh, nuance of, of a move that uh, I think we've only seen once before um, in AEW history. So that's really cool that they tried something like that. And it's really cool that they're keeping with it. And I'd love to see where this Brandy heel uh, storyline goes from here. Yeah. Maybe she'll actually stay heel Cause she's kind of flip-flopping. flip-flopping. Yeah. She's the big show of uh, AEW. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> in match number two we had daniel garcia and kevin blackwood versus butcher and the blade uh with eddie kingston and butcher and the blade go over in that one in match number three we had penelope ford with kip sabian against danny jordan i like this danny jordan mm-hmm. um i think she's a, a really good wrestler and um yeah i hope she uh stays all elite um, is, she, a, is she the one with the burn book? <clears throat> yeah, she is. And the burn yeah, book actually yeah. came into play in this match. Um, right. It was attempted to be used as a weapon, but Kip Sabian was looking through it during during the match and found <laughs> uh, Penelope Ford in it. So Ooh. it kind of enraged her and she ripped up the page and shoved it down Danny Jordan's mouth. Uh, kind of interesting. Uh, Sweet. In there. Match number four, Brian Cage goes over on Megabyte Ronnie. And uh, Megabyte Ronnie is the cake-eating dude at the end of BTE. Um, the guy with the, the mustache kind of looking like uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. And uh, <laughs> what's that movie? Uh, Days and Confused. Yeah, <laughs> kind of looks like him. That's who he reminds me of. Interesting. Uh, I just want to throw this out here. This might be, this might reveal my nerdiness, but this guy's ring name is Megabyte. Like, is this dude Canadian and a big fan of Reboot or what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe. (laughs) They have a lot of Canadian wrestlers. They do. So, I mean, I I just thought that was cool. His name's Megabyte, you know, main villain from that cartoon that I used to watch as a kid reboot. Love it. Match number five, we have Proud and Powerful versus, uh, what do we call these guys? The New Hollywood Blondes. Yeah, uh, this was a really good match. Really loving Proud and Powerful right now. I like that they're back to their just 
gangster bugs, you know, just looking tough and rough. Um, yeah, Santana and Ortiz go over in this one. In match number six, we had Jesse Sorensen versus Will Hobb. The Will Hobb, who's now all elite in Will Hobb. I think this is, might be his first win in AEW. It is. It was, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Uh, no, he he had a match win. If it wasn't the Friday dark, it was the Tuesday dark last week. Because I remember, oh, okay. oh, a rare win for a jobber. But then we find out he got signed and, oh, okay, it all makes sense now. So I think this is win number two for Will Hobbs. Okay. In match number seven, we had Skylar Moore and Rache Chanel versus Eva Lisa and Diamante. And uh, Eva Lisa and Diamante go over in that one. So they are continuing continuing their winning streak. In match number eight, we had Cole Cabana versus QT Marshall with Ali. And uh, the entire match, Dark Order was out mm-hmm. at, at the uh, stage kind of watching and end up uh, getting involved. And uh, Stu Grayson pretty much hands the win over to Colt Cabana. So it was uh, kind of a neat ending. Um, did you watch that one? Yeah, I did watch this one. Just just for the fact that I wanted to see where they were kind of going with Colt's character. I mean, he was a big part of that all-out match. Um, we don't really get to see Colt on dynamite lately. So I, I made sure I watched this one and, uh, yeah, they're definitely keeping, keeping up with the storyline that, you know, Colt's quite not all in no pun intended with the dark order. He's still a little naive to the ways of the dark order. And, uh, you know, it took evil Uno distracting Colt as well as the ref for Stu Grayson to come in and, uh, Lay, you know, get that big knee in and and hand Colt the win. I like that Colt was smart enough not to go for the moonsault this time, and just got the pin and and one two three. So yeah, he, he did learned the discus lariat like uh, Brody did. I thought that oh, was yeah, that's too. right, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. So that's an even in, more interesting layer to this story. Yeah. I watched it for Anna J. I'm just going to be straight up truth with you right there. Um, in match number nine, we had Brandon Cutler versus Peter Avalon. This was the uh, the match that uh, we were talking about in the opening here. Um, I mean, you obviously watched this one. I mean, I watched this one. I was this I was, was the like one of the only times I was anticipating dark. Like I just <laughs> I can't wait for dark. I. Okay, so, I mean, a little backstory. It was, like, episode five of IWP that I make this, like, declaring prediction. You heard the prediction in uh, in the intro. Um, I'll make sure to make to play that intro in the audio-only version as well. But uh, um, I make this declare. Uh, the tweet went out, like, March 17th. So, I mean, we're talking... April, May, June, July, August, September, like six months ago. And I was like, we need this match to happen and there can't be a winner. Now, I mean, admittedly, I said it would be a time limit draw. That seemed to be the move that uh, AEW is doing. We had already already seen two time limit draws at this point. I felt like it, it made sense, but yeah. This you know one, I'm going to give you that one because they rarely even do a 10 count. <laughs> this was the first one. <laughs> right? Taz, 
Taz called it, or Excalibur called it. He's like, I think that's our first double countout. So, I mean, yeah, there, there we go. It was a great match. Like, these two work really well together, and I guess that's just a sign of, of the story and how it built that you were really in. I was super invested into this match. I wasn't even sitting on the couch watching it. I was standing. I was like looking up at the TV. I was getting all excited. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're both outside. They're going to do a double count out. This is amazing. And then sure enough, and they tease it too. Like, I, I just love how they, you know, Peter almost got into the ring, but Brandon caught him and then Brandon goes to dive in the ring, but then Peter caught him. And then sure enough, they get double counted out. I mean, it was great. I freaking loved it. And I can't wait to see what, do they go back to the tag team? Since they're, you know, hot t-shirt sellers, the initiative on uh, pro wrestling tees. Like, I'm just excited to where this goes. Yeah. I'm more I, excited I, that I was right, but. <laughs> I, I think they are going to get back together. Uh, I think I said on last week's show or maybe two weeks that, uh, you know, they just gave these guys a name. And if yeah. they have an idea of where this is going, why would they, why would they make up the name? And it's funny that the commentary during this match, they were basically saying the same thing as, you know, these just, these guys just got a name they're They mm -hmm. got a t-shirt and you know, all that. And, and I loved how at the end, uh, Leva is left by herself. And, and I really yeah. feel like there's going to be a choice that she needs to make on like who she's going to go. And the fact that Taz was really pushing that, her and Peter are an item really now solidifies for me that she's going to end up with Brandon. Like if they okay. do end up splitting up, then she's going to go with Brandon. I wonder, I just had a thought and again, let's mark the date. It is uh, September 18th, 2020. <laughs> we'll see when this <laughs> uh, ends up being true. But um, I think, I think Leva goes to both of them and says, listen, you guys are great as a tag team. You guys are horrible singles wrestlers or like however she's going to put it. But I'm not going to be around, you know, to listen to you guys fight all the time. So either you guys are together and I'm with you or you guys are apart and I'm not with either of you kind of thing. And maybe Leva goes and splits and, and joins the singles ranks of the, uh, you know, kind of leaves her managerial role and uh, gets back into wrestling because I mean, Leave is an amazing wrestler in her own right. So that's what I kind of think may okay. may should happen. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe this will be the next intro. <clears throat> in uh, match number 10 we had max stardom and don dante yeah dante smiley i stopped watching dark after this so i don't know how to pronounce it <laughs> it's their debut i mean you got to go back and check this out and 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 tell me if i'm wrong that this dude doesn't look like um oh i just had his uh kevin hart like this is totally what? Kevin Hart in like CM Punk's outfit. What? <laughs> that sounds Go hilarious. Check it out. I mean, if you guys agree with me, put it in the comments below and just give me a hell yeah if you think that uh that's Kevin Hart looking like All CM right. Punk. Uh they are going against best friends in this match and best friends look like they were on a mission in this match and uh they take it to 
to these guys and uh, beat them up a little bit. Uh, I thought this was a pretty good match. In the main event, we had an eight-man tag, which uh, commentary said they love eight-man tags, and I had to what? laugh uh, when I heard that. Uh, we had Private Party and The Gun Club versus Dark Order, which was Stu Grayson, five, ten. Uno. Yeah, 5 and 10. And uh, I have to say, I couldn't keep focused on this match. I was doing something while I was I was watching it, so I can't even remember. watching Anna Jay, weren't you? Uh, was she there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think I would have been focused on it. <laughs> Anyways, Dark Over goes over in this one. Uh, Fatality ends it again. It's a pretty cool finisher by... Yeah, I like that tag team finisher. Yeah. So just right, well, a huge episode of Dark. And I, I can't believe that the Cutler-Avalon match was not the main event. But I, I feel like that should have been main event. I mean, I, I've been promoting that match for months now that it should be on Dynamite. I think it deserves a Dynamite kind of payoff. And uh, we just didn't get it. But uh, I'm sure that, like I said in the intro, the saga is going to continue. And maybe we'll get an even better match later on on Dynamite. Or a buy-in pay-per-view at full gear. Who knows? But uh, I love it. It was it was a good episode of Dark. Go check those matches out. I'm gonna go check out uh, Kevin Hart uh, in his CM Punk outfit. Uh, as pretty much as soon as we're done recording. This. So. <laughs> All right, let's get into this week's AEW rankings. Uh, September sixteenth, I believe, twenty twenty. What do we got? Uh. The same thing I said last week. So, uh, we okay, have so we're gonna in, skip the whole segment. <laughs> I mean, ah, we might as well go through it. So, we still got our two champs, Moxley and Brody Lee. Lance Archer is the number one contender, followed by Brian Cage, MJF, Cody, and Scorpio Sky. In the women's division, Hikaru Shida is still the champ, Nyla Rose, still the number one contender, followed by Big Swole. Abaddon, Penelope Ford, and Britt Baker. And in the tag team division, FTR still the champs. Uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman still the number one contenders. You got to think that this is going to change um, very soon. Uh, followed by Best Friends, Young Bucks, Natural Nightmares, and Proud and Powerful. I hope Proud and Powerful get yeah. up there. I think it's their time. Yeah. I think it's their time. All right. Well, let's get right into uh, this week's Dynamite. Uh, Wednesday was uh, it, it, it was in the air, as we talked about last week. If, it, if this show was going to be Wednesday or Thursday, it all depended on the NBA playoffs. Um, fortunately, uh, that series, I believe it was the Clippers series that we were waiting on. Uh, Clippers lost out. Uh, tough Noogies Kawhi should have stayed in Toronto. We're not going to get into it. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Toronto's out too, so who cares? But I mean, he shouldn't have left back to back. Anyways, yeah. uh, this was a great episode of Dynamite. I'm glad we got to see it on Wednesday. I like watching wrestling on Wednesday. It's kind of ingrained in my schedule now, man. Coming up to a year, a year of AEW. Who would have thought? And as always. Dynamite starts off with a match. 
No promos, no recalling what happened last week. Let's get right into the show. And this is uh, a match that came about last week in FTR's Tag Team Championship Celebration segment. Uh, they offered a match to Jurassic Express, not for the titles. This is a non-title match. Um, if they win, big if, I believe uh, Dax says, uh, if you win, we'll think about giving you a title shot. So there's a and little co- bit on the commentary was saying that if they win, they're actually going to become number one contenders, which yeah, I thought they did was say a that, bit yeah. weird. Yeah. Like rankings mean so much. Yeah. But. I wonder if that was a slip. I wonder if that was a slip by whoever said that. Everybody. Yeah. What'd you think of this match? I mean, I thought something was up at the beginning because uh, Jurassic Express comes out and Mike Posey is in the ring. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what is somebody sick? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Rick Knox on <laughs> Rick Knox is on uh, sick leave or what? He's got the COVID. What's up? Yeah, so I was questioning what what was going on at the very beginning, especially with Mike Posey doing you know the Cody match, and by that I mean the first match of the night. Um, right. but uh, yeah, FTR comes out and uh, and then we get some action. Like before even the match starts, um, we uh, we get to see Young Bucks kind of pushing their new agenda. What do you think about this? I like it. I I really do. Um, it feeds off of what we saw last week with the uh, Alex Marvez super kick party. Um, I like that uh, the Bucks are still dealing with this. Uh, I don't know, whatever their issues are, um, their struggle with going full heel, um, their struggle with what's happening to the elite. You know, Kenny seems to be going his own way. Hangman was left out to dry after the interrupt. Um, And yeah, you know, they, they got problems and they're trying to work through it their own way, but it seems like their own way is coming out and super kicking people they shouldn't be. So... Yeah, Mike Posey goes to the super kick party that he didn't know he was invited to. <laughs> and I love how it's not like he just got up and did the match. Like, he was immediately replaced by Paul yeah. Turner. All the refs came out and dragged him out of there. <laughs> this is crazy. So, before we get into this match, let's talk about the way the Young Bucks exit after this. Because Absolutely. this is a this was a segment that we didn't talk about in the BTE section. But on BTE, they roll up, they're walking down the halls, they're looking all badass, if you if you will. They get to Tony Khan's door, they don't knock, they open the door, and he just throws a stack of money. It all rains down in into Tony Khan's office, we're we're assuming. And they go about their business. Yeah. And this sure was enough, the, um, the uh, $5,000 fine for super kicking five, Alex Marvez. $5,000 each. Right. It's 10 right. k So they come out, super kick Posey. Posey's dragged out. And the cameras follow them. 
I mean, it should be noted we're talking about heel entrance or heel tunnels and babyface tunnels. They do go through the babyface tunnel on their way out, but the cameras follow them. They walk right past Tony Khan sitting at uh, sitting at commentary, and uh, Matt pulls out another stack of. I, I mean, I'm assuming they were just young bucks, but uh, maybe it was a real <laughs> stack of uh, 10k, and he just tosses it in Tony Khan's lap. And uh, I don't know. Do we want to talk about Tony Khan's Khan's acting here, or uh, lack but, thereof? <laughs> lack thereof. He just. <laughs> I don't know what he had in his mind that he thought he was going to do. Cause I mean, I should mention at the beginning of AEW, people are asking like, are you going to be a Vince? Like, are you going to be a character on the show? You know, you're the man in charge, the authority, if you will. Um, and he's like, no, I have no interest in doing that. I want to, you know, write the show, be creative and, and whatnot and, and run the time on TV and stuff like that. That's all he has interest in. But you know, this is the second time we've seen him in like less than a month. And I think maybe he's getting the itch. I don't know, but I don't know what he had in his mind that he thought he was going to do in this situation. But when the camera gets on him, he, he looks confused and then they throw him the stack. And he's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> he takes a sip of his it, coffee. It and we go about looks like he doesn't know what's going on, but he has to know, right? Like, I, I mean, he he's, he's part running the show. So, I don't know. To me, the look was he didn't expect it and he didn't, he wanted to laugh, but knew he shouldn't laugh. And I don't know. Yeah. He's, uh, Tony is still too much of a fan. If I can be 100% honest, like this is a diehard wrestling fan. This guy's been watching wrestling since he was a little kid. He's a freaking encyclopedia. If you've ever listened to him talk about wrestling on talk is Jericho on unrestricted, whatever it is. The guy's a freaking encyclopedia, and he's he's just a fan. And I think he kind of fanboyed out here as the Young Bucks come and toss him a stack of money. I think he should have been more of a boss situation. Maybe he should have stood up. Then again, maybe it was a good thing because he was in, like, beach wear, it looked like. Yeah. But uh, Well, I mean, he can't cut a promo, though, right? There's not enough time in the show. There is not <laughs> enough time in the show. No <laughs> offense, Tony, but... Uh, when you when you answer a question, you answer it four times over. Yeah. Just so you know. But uh we love you. Thanks for AEW. We appreciate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about this match. Yeah, let's uh t- like I mean, it was a decent match. It was, it was actually the is this the best FTR match we've seen? <laughs> yeah, probably. It was really good. Yeah, I mean the story seemed to be here like they focused on Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy spent most right. of the time uh, in the ring, just pretty much getting the snot beat out of him. Um, yeah, Luchasaurus didn't have too much going on in here. And then I think he got taken out at one point, and then it was all Jungle Boy again. Um, there was like... 17 or 18 false finishes in like the last <laughs> five minutes of the match. Um, you you were really wondering if uh you know Jurassic Express was gonna win this number one contendership or whatever, but uh what do you think about this ending? I mean, the ending was the weakest part. 
of the of the of the match. If I can be completely honest, like you said, there's like 18 different false finishes. Um, Luchasaurus takes himself out to try to do this big move. He goes into the crowd, so he's out of the question. Jungle Boy's kind of left for to his own uh, devices there, and he almost pulls out a win, like like we said, like 18 different times. But I just think it was way too much. It like we got the point that you know, yeah, he's almost winning. Yeah, he's almost winning. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And then and then we kind of get the uh, the distraction, the roll up, the hold down. You know, FTR follow the rules. You know, and and they they pull uh they pull a sneaky one out. But I mean, we mentioned that last week. How yeah, they're kind of ironically following the rules. Like they're all about legit tag team wrestling but you know we'll do anything to win so I, I i don't mind that but just the the last like two and a half minutes of this match as a whole just was the weak spot of the match otherwise really great yeah yeah i agree so ftr wins this one and uh we didn't see jurassic express back in the top five surprisingly enough so <laughs> exactly yeah, it was right. it was okay. It was okay. Yeah, it was solid solid match to open the show. Got got us into it. Let's move on. So we go right backstage with Alex Marvez, and I'm just expecting the Young Bucks to be there waiting for him, and he's super kicked off camera again, and another stack gets thrown. Like I almost expected that to happen, but maybe uh twenty thousand a week's a little uh little rich even for the Young Bucks. But Alex Marvez goes backstage and uh we see private party um one of the one of the medical staff, I think it was Samson. Um and uh Matt Hardy's on the ground clutching his leg. Um what were you thinking at this point? Um I don't know, like He's done with Sammy. It can't be Sammy. Sammy's like dead, isn't he? Yeah, he's supposed to be held up at home, right? Yeah. So uh no, I thought it was I thought it was weird. And uh then it made a little bit more sense when uh Jericho and, and Hager walk by. For sure. And um they don't admit to doing this. No, they don't, yeah. But it's I guess it's kind of implied with uh Jericho holding his little bat there. Yeah. Um I want to say that this is just like Matt Hardy came out and he said his piece last week. You know, we were kind of not expecting to see him, I guess in a way because of what he said in in this very real shoot promo that we heard last week. Maybe this was just a way to enforce the fact that we're probably not going to see Matt Hardy for a little while. So we'll do this backstage attack that nobody sees. And then we kind of write him off TV for a little while, but I like how they used Jericho and Hager as the implication, kind of the, the phantom menace in a way. And then that sets up this match um, that I didn't know was happening. I, I didn't hear about this earlier or anything when they talk, kind of talk about what's happening. This seemed new that the newly formed tag team of Jericho and Hager were going to go up against Private Party. And yeah, why not take out their mentor so that he can't help them? So, yeah. It, 
it was a surprise segment. It, it was a little confusing at the beginning, but they kind of did a really good job of wrapping everything up and it all making sense. So I just don't understand how Hardy couldn't talk to say, you know, those are the guys that did it. You know, he's just, argh, argh, argh. Yeah. And when Nancy Kerrigan got hit in the knee, I mean, she, at least she was able to say, why is this happening? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I have to, I, I have so to what, what are you saying? Kerrigan that uh, <laughs> Nancy, Nancy's tougher than Matt? I, I am saying Nancy Kerrigan is tougher than Matt Hardy. All Matt right. Hardy may not die, but she got her knee better in time to win an Olympic medal, so. Props to oh props the to good Nancy. old days. <laughs> remember the nineties? I remember. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, this was a very important matchup of the night. Um, there was a lot of story leading into this one. We got Hangman Page going up against Frankie Kazarian with Kenny Omega at commentary, which is very important to everything. Um, to me, Kenny being on commentary was more important than this match of Hangman and Kazarian in a way. Yeah, and didn't you find it funny that, like, we didn't know this match was happening, and then Kenny's out at commentary, and it's like... Yeah, it was weird, because he was out there before any entrances happened, right? Yeah. You know, Kazarian comes out, and then Hangman comes out, and you're like, oh, uh, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So, yeah, this was very much about Kenny, I feel like, more so than Hangman. Yeah, because uh, Hangman spends most of the match looking over at mm -hmm. Kenny. I'm not sure if he's trying to get, like, some approval or, or what. It, he, it just seemed like he was trying to get some sort of reaction, and uh, Kenny wasn't really having it. Like, um... And I think uh, if I remember correctly, like Kenny on comms wasn't really putting Hangman over at all, um, that much. So, not really. Um, he yeah. was kind of giving him his props, but it was it was more in a passive aggressive way. The thing the thing about Kenny on commentary was is that Taz or sorry, uh, Shivani, Jr. and Excalibur spent the whole time asking him about his relationship with Hangman. And, you know, kudos to Kenny for really staying on in character to the point where it was just like, yeah, I really don't have a, any comments on that. I'm focusing on, you know, my singles career. I mean, if, if I'm booked in a tag team match, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to put my, put my effort in, but you know, right now I'm focusing on, on, uh, singles. So, yeah. So I guess. I guess that shows us that even though Kenny wants to go singles, they are still, I guess, technically a tag since they're, well, I mean, they're know, still, still in the rankings and they're number one contenders. Right. Yeah. So, and they bring that up in commentary at one point too. And that's kind of where Kenny's like, well, I mean, if we have to do a tag team thing, then we have to do it, but I don't want to. Yeah. It was really the message we were getting. Um, as for the match itself though, this was a, I mean, this was just a really good match. Like it was damn near match of the night. If it wasn't for the main event, um, hard hitting, uh, it told the story. Well, I like how hangman is, you know, constantly looking up at Kenny. He really wants to, he wants to 
from Hangman's perspective, he really wanted to prove to Kenny that, you know, what happened at All Out was a one-off thing. What happened leading up to All Out was a one-off thing. I'm focused and, and oh, I'm here. I'm in it. I'm I'm all in, so to speak, kind of thing. Um, Adam doesn't get to, you know, he's not in, in on what Kenny's saying on commentary, of course, but, uh, you know, he's trying his best. Right. Yeah. And uh, I just remember from this match, the hangman kip up uh, looked better than it's ever looked like he smooth he he's usually you know he does this later in the match i feel like he's kind of tired so you kind of gotta you know give him a bit of credit for even being able to do it like that but you know this was a really good one i thought um i agree this was a was a really solid match um especially after the the last one that we saw uh, with FTR, this was a, a good comeback match, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Frankie's a Frankie's a pro man. Really like him. Yeah, you know, Frankie didn't didn't lose anything uh, by jobbing out in this match. Like he looked super strong. We know Frankie's kind of pushing towards a singles run as well. I, I'm not sure what's gonna happen with SCU with Scorpio Sky and his promos that we've seen lately. He's kind of declaring he's going singles, but you know Frankie Gazarian's been out in the crowd watching singles matches all the time too. So, you know, I'm left out of this match. I'm not so worried about Kenny and Hangman. I'm worried about SCU. What's happening to SCU? Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, well, you know, CD's doing commercials now, so he's he's in the advertising business. Fifty plus. <laughs> uh let's move on to uh damn near the shortest match in uh AEW history. Uh MJF comes out and uh we go right into commercial break and I'm assuming uh during the regular scheduled TNT picture picture which apparently we didn't get this week thanks TSN. But as it's fading out we get to see MJF doing the ring gimmick. And he's going around and Serpentico didn't want to kiss it. And and then it fades into commercial. I'm sure he went around the whole rounds um, as we got to see, you know, many, many, many months ago when there were still live crowds. I love that. I love that he's bringing that back. Yeah. But we come back from commercial and yeah, from what I was upstairs, you know, going for supper as always, I always miss a little bit of uh, commercials aren't long enough in, in uh, TNT world, but uh I come back and MGF's cutting a promo and you're like, yeah, he had a match. I'm like, what? <laughs> so tell us about the uh, shortest match in AEW history. You know what? I think I missed it because I, I was blinking and uh, it was done. <laughs> it was that quick, but, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I want to say he, he like pushed Sean Dean in the corner and then he had him in his... Uh, What's his uh his uh submission move? Can't remember what it's called. Salt of the Earth. Yeah, Salt of the Earth. Yeah, and uh, and it was done. But you know, like we always say, this was just a really a cover for the the promo at the end. And um, what we get out of this promo is the idea is that uh, the 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 leaders of AEW are all part of a 
a stable or a faction and you know he's thinking that maybe he should i don't know if he's if he meant start one or be a part of one i think um, the words that he used were maybe if i was a part of a stable or a faction i would get more out of the company maybe right. i would be owed more if i was part of a faction i think that's the words that he used yeah but i mean was this the first time that we actually heard the words out of mjf's mouth that like moxley cheated he wasn't supposed to do the pirate paradigm shift and he did like this is the first time we're really getting that right no i think last week he he said it as well did he yeah. I thought he was just yelling at his staff and firing everybody last week. <laughs> but okay. Fair enough. No, like I read at the beginning of that, I think he mentions Moxley. Okay. That uh, you know, he cheated, but you know, who's who's really to blame was the campaign. That's kind of how right. it went. Okay. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I mean, MGF. It was it was a good promo. Uh, he's always good when it when he's got the microphone in his hand, and uh, this was no different. And uh, he's laid it out there, talking about maybe joining the stable, but he prefers to be a lone wolf. And then I kind of look at, well, what the hell's Wardlow doing out there? <laughs> and I mean, his argument was kind of moot because he's talking about how all the champions are part of stables, but. Uh, Moxley's the lonest of all the lone wolves, I feel. I mean, up until what we see a little bit later, but I mean, I don't know. That yeah. that that part of the promo kind of, I was like, ah, come on, buddy. I could well, do you want to take a, a moment and talk about maybe who he could be with? MJF? Yeah. I mean, kind of the obvious in your face answer is probably Inner Circle. Like, I mean, we've talked about how well he works with Jericho, but I think that's too much ego for one group. So it probably wouldn't work. What do you got? Yeah. I, I mean, it was either that or he starts his own. That's probably, I couldn't, I couldn't see choice. him being under somebody. Definitely not. And you know what? If he, if he does get a click going, then maybe that's a good time for Wardlow to, turn to break away yeah but i mean i mean i guess you could argue he kind of had his own stable going he had lee johnson he had nina the campaign was kind of a stable and i mean if i can be honest here the campaign is a deadly name for a stable <laughs> so but i mean nobody wanted to work for mjf and i i guess that's kind of part of the gimmick but yeah. No, I, I like MJF by himself. I don't want to talk about this anymore. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to another segment. We get uh, an in-ring promo from Eddie Kingston and his crew. Uh, we still don't really have a name on this stable. But, uh, I mean, this was just much more of the same. You know, we're family. You know, we're, you know everything's taken care of. He's got... The Lucha Brothers, one on each arm, and, you know, everything's good, you know, and whatnot. But I think the most interesting, I mean, okay, I'll, I won't skip ahead. 
he talks about how, you know, when, when my family got into fights, we turned to violence was kind of the main, you know, the, the emphasis of the, of this promo. And he calls to the dogs and butcher and blade. They start pulling people over the guardrail and throw them into the ring. And they just lay the absolute beat down to Griff Garrison, um, Blackwood and uh, Daniel Garcia. You know, they just lay wasted and, Eddie Kingston doesn't even know these guys' names. He's talking about green hair and pretty hair and you know what I mean? Yeah, so pink shirt and <laughs> pink shirt and black shoes, whatever. So um I I like that they have this mentality, this very uh you know I don't think carefree is the right word, but I mean, you know, I don't want to use thug mentality because that's really what proud and powerful's got going on now. But I mean, they're, they don't give two shits about nothing right now. And when they want to beat somebody up, they're going to beat somebody up. And I like that kind of angle that they're going with. Yeah. And I mean, Kitty, Eddie Kingston is like, you can't put this guy in a better position or, or role uh, than that, uh, with the, the mic skills and his, his rawness of his promos, like it really seems uh, real, you know, kind of what it, what he says. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. And it really gets real at the end here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when he, uh, he goes <clears throat> to the blade and says, you know what, it's time to get your house in order. Yeah. We got our issues in order now it's time to get your house in order and i mean again we were watching this together online and um i was like "Ooh, what does that mean is that you know i i kind of made the in- insinuation that ally was his part was his partner and you know she's left she's in the nightmare family now we got to bring the bunny back into butcher and blade and we kind of had a laugh or whatever, but then we looked it up and that's true that Allie is his actual real life, uh, partner. So, I mean, I got to ask the question, is this where they're going with this storyline? Do you think is, 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 uh, Kingston's crew trying to recruit Allie, try to get Allie back in the familia? Um, I, I think, I think, I don't know if it's so much about getting the bunny back, but I think this is where the feud might go. Oh, you know, okay. um, you're going to have a QT Dustin. I think Cody might be here. I'm even going to make a big claim and go, you know what? This is where blood and guts might be. You know, it might be wow. Eddie's, Eddie's crew versus, you know, Cody family. and yeah, yeah. Why not? Matt Cardona, Natural Nightmares. Who would be the fifth? DDP? No, he doesn't have a blood no. and guts in him. All right. Can't do that much I mean, yoga. But essentially, essentially, Nightmare Family would need one more. Right. They need two. Cody, QT, Dustin. I would assume Matt Cardona's a part of that. And then, yeah, they would need a fifth. But that's I like that claim. We're gonna finally well, get what about what about here. Mini Cody? No. Yeah, 
I yeah. Mean, I mean, shooting star press off the top of the cage. Okay, what's the date? September eighteenth. <laughs> September eighteenth. Damien claims guts. that blood and guts, Matt Seidel and Matt Cardona will be a part <laughs> of the Nightmare Family. All right, it's it's in the record books now, boys. All right. All right, from here we get uh, the payoff to the uh, spot we saw a little bit earlier. We get uh, Jericho and Hager versus Private Party in a straight-up tag team match. I mean, can't say anything good about this match, but you can't really say anything bad about it. Yeah, it was a Jericho match, right? It was it was a par for the course Jericho match. Um, I bet it did a ton of ratings though, because Jericho's the million viewer man, right? Is that catching on at all? I mean, think? I'm trying to help it along, but I mean, other than Jericho saying it himself, <laughs> I haven't really heard it outside of that yet. The, to me, he's still the demo god, but uh, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, are we like going to talk about this bat? This bat spot? Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If we don't talk about anything else of this match, let's talk about this bat spot. So Jericho's got this bat, right? It's kind of his gimmick right now. His name's Floyd, which I thought was weird because I don't think him and Floyd Mayweather get along. So why? where's Floyd coming from? But that's, that's besides the point. Uh, Hager gets a hold of Floyd. <laughs> Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought there. Hager gets a, a hold of Floyd, and um, Isaiah Cassidy is climbing the outside of the ropes on the apron, and like Hager full swings this bat. Now, it's professional wrestling. We're not out here to hurt each other. We're supposed to make the illusion that we're hurting each other, right? It's a show. We get it. A little bit of breaking kayfabe there, though. But he full swings this bat, and I swear to God it hits in the middle of Isaiah Cassidy's back. And anybody who's played softball or slow pitch, you get that aluminum bat, and you hit it right in the sweet spot, and you get that ting. Like, that's the sound it made on Isaiah Cassidy's bat. And, I mean, I immediately cringed. You weren't even looking at the screen. You don't even know what happened. (laughs) I just heard but you I mean, react to it, and I'm like, crap, I missed it because I was typing stuff. I mean, it looked sick. Now, I hope this is like 100% of work, but Isaiah Cassidy was selling that back the whole time, and I'm just, I'm like, I'm a little bit worried, if if I can be honest. Um, Is there a chance maybe he was wearing some sort of plate on his back? Well, I wonder. I mean, I tried to. I I thought of that. I paid attention for the rest of the match, but I mean, again, if this is just a work and there was a plate, they did a hell of a job hiding it for the rest of the match. Like, you never really got to see Isaiah Cassidy from the back ever. You know, I didn't go dead. back and rewatch the whole match. I'm not that worried about it, but I mean, I mean, what a spot! Like it sounded real. It looked real. Hager is a big dude, and he full swung that bat. Like I, like he was hitting for the fences, and then just to hear that sound, oh, my neck started <laughs> doing this. Like, can't stand that shit, man. I gotta go back and watch that. All right, uh, I thought the best part of the match was uh, Mark Quinn's Pele kick on Jericho. Oh, yeah. Um, I, that I think that's a hard move. 
you know, timing wise and whatnot. And it looked, it looked really good. Jericho sold, sold it well. And, um, but, uh, Jericho and Hager pick up the win. Judas effect. I want to say this was, a an off the top rope Judas effect. I can't remember how it went down. Yeah, I want to say... They teased it once. They teased it once. Cassidy drops down, gets the roll-up into the false finish. And then, yeah, Cassidy might have been coming off the top rope, and and there it was waiting for him. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you say, it wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't a great match. Again, par for the course for Jericho. All right, let's move on to the next uh, segment of the night. We had an announcement that next week on Dynamite, we were going to get a six-man tag involving Moxley and Archer, their teams to be chosen later on in the night. Um, We knew from last week that uh, Archer was going to be heard from as well as Moxley, so we were kind of expecting there was going to be something involving these two. So I guess it seems like there's going to be a six-man tag, and I'll probably fall asleep during it. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right. But let's move on to the uh, next matchup of the night, which was uh, Eva Lease versus NWA champion Thunder Rosa. Thunder and Rosa. This, this will be the first time that the NWA women's championship is going to be defended outside, I'm assuming outside of NWA, but definitely the first time being defended on Dynamite. Which is really huge. Like, um, how often do titles go defended? Um, you know, outside of their their home promotion, if you will. Right. Um, this is very remnant of the old school days of the uh, territories. Uh, you know, in the sixties and the seventies. Um, you know, when Ric Flair was NWA champion, and he'd go to territory to territory and and challenge and have people challenge for the, the 10 pounds of gold and everything like that. So I, I really like this and I like that they're giving Thunder Rosa another shot. Her match against Serena Deeb um, on the go home show before all out was amazing. It was one of the best, uh, you know, women's matches we've seen in a, in a long time. Uh, the match against Akurashita was a little off. We're assuming there was a language uh, barrier, communication barrier, not having worked with each other before, but um, we get back to Thunder Rosa on Dynamite going up against Eva Lise, and uh, we're back to, you know, great matchmaking here. I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, Eva Lise is awesome, and uh, Thunder Rosa proved herself in that deep <clears throat> match. So, um, yeah, this was, uh, this was an exciting one. And again, we... Uh, we it was just a hard hitting it seemed like this was very much um um how do you want to call it uh you know latina versus latina kind of uh a match and i think even comms were were talking about it and when they were describing thunder rosa's uh face paint and why she has you know the half and half kind of thing um yeah i thought this was an awesome match yeah, it was re- it was really well put together. Um, you could really feel, um, I don't know, the emotions between the two. I guess, you know, one one too many uh, 
Mexican-born ladies wrestlers on is are in the the mix right now, and you know there there was some real tension I felt um, during this match, and uh, yeah, we got to see that uh, you know that lucha libre inspiration in in a lot of these moves. Um, the psychology was very uh, uh, Mexican, if I can say that, and. Uh, I mean, it was a great match, and uh, it was hard-hitting. They went, again, they went long. You know, this was a well over 10-minute long match. Yeah. Um, they gave them time, and, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa really had to had to work this win out. Like, it was, it was a competitive match, which is always great to see. And how about the finisher here? Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a lady do a tombstone pile driver. I can honestly say I've never seen it. Outside of the it. Young Bucks, outside of the Young Bucks, this is the first time I've seen anybody do a Tombstone pile driver outside of WWE, outside of Kane or Undertaker. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I mean, cool. I, I like it. You, you mentioned her face paint, you know, Thunder Rosa's face paint. That's, um, it's a, it's a day of the dead thing. Um, the very famous uh, festival that uh, Mexico City holds every year, where they honor the dead, and they they you know, it, it's it's a very spiritual uh, type festival. She talks about how um, in uh, her talk is Jericho. If you've listened to it, she talks about how her whole family was really into wrestling growing up in Tijuana and everything like this. Um, and then their grandfather, her grandfather, had a heart attack while watching professional wrestling with her uncle and the family just stopped watching professional wrestling after that. And, you know, because of the um, beliefs and the spirituality of the day of the dead um, festival and stuff like that, like this is her bringing professional wrestling back to her family. And that's why she wears the, the face paint. Okay. So, I guess my point being is that that really works with the tombstone pile driver as a finisher. Like it totally makes sense as part of that, that, that character that she's playing. So right. I like it and she does it great. Yeah. It was really, really well done. Yeah. Really clean. Uh, again, we get some, uh, extracurricular activity as, uh, maybe Jr. would once say, um, before Thunder Rosa could even, uh, attempt to celebrate this Diamante is there to get her girls back. And, uh, it becomes a quickly, quickly becomes a two on one attack on Thunder Rosa. And, um, I called it. That's all I'm saying. Hikaru Shida was usually do. It's, it's actually a bit frustrating watching the show with you. Cause <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, I hear what happens, uh, about 30 <laughs> seconds before it happens. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I do that in movies too, but, uh, yeah, Hikaru Shida jumps the rail, comes to Thunder Rosa's aid. But give yourself a pat on the back. You called this one. Uh, well, yeah, you just have to think that, you know, this was going to be set up as a tag team for <clears throat> sometime in the near future. And uh, later in the show, uh, we hear that uh, it is booked. So we will see Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, going up against uh Ivelisse and uh Diamante next next week. Uh, I think it's the this Tuesday. Is next week. Or yeah, Tuesday no, show. it 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 is the Dynamite show. We'll talk okay. about the Tuesday show a little bit later. Right, right. Um 
I I want Ivelisse and Diamante to have a name. Uh, I want their little group to have a name, a tag team, whatever you want to call it. They need a name. Yeah. Ivelisse and Diamante is a little hurt. But let's move on. We get uh we get to hear from Kip Sabian and the best man. And uh I mean I had a I had a I had to pop for this bit, man. I loved it. It, it. This almost should have been on Being the Elite. It was so funny. But it was probably only funny to me. But, uh, you know, we got Miro working out. He's got the big boy plates on, as uh, Kip Sabian says. I love that. Um, you know, he did 30 reps of what looked like about 200 pound, 200 plus pound bench press. But uh, um, Miro puts the puts the bar down and gets up and he starts talking about Call of Duty, he's like Warzone, you know. I got your back, but uh, I told you you should have used the gra. Whatever he said, I freaking loved it. I popped so hard. But the main point is, is that Miro is ready to get in the ring. He's ready to destroy some people, and Kip Sabian's got to you know pull the ring the the reins back a little bit on on his new uh, best friend here, best man. Um, that he has other priorities first, and they start talking about a bachelor party which kind of makes me think we're going to get some kind of in-ring segment uh, leading up to this uh, in-ring on-air wedding that we're going to probably get between uh, Penelope and Kip. Uh, what did you think of the segment? Um, well, we were watching this one together, and when we watch it together, you're kind of streaming it to me. And uh, for some reason at this segment the sound kind of went a little buggy. So you're popping and laughing and I'm just having a hard time trying to hear what was going on. So now that I heard that it was about call of duty and, and whatnot, that's uh that's pretty funny stuff. I think you're probably right. I think this is probably setting up to be some sort of segment on the show. And I'm can only guess that this is going to lead into Miro's first feud. It's probably not going to go smoothly it's probably going to be broken up by something, someone, whatever. And, uh, yeah, either Miro's first match or his first feud. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we jump into the next segment, I do want to mention that Kip Sabian was a part of a Pro-Am uh, Warzone tournament on Thursday. His team was 20th out of 25. Uh, you suck, bud. Let's yeah, he on. was pretty sad about it uh, <laughs> at the end. Of oh, it. was he? <laughs> I actually tuned in at that point, and he looked pretty defeated. And he was uh, chatting with his uh, viewers about how um, they they don't uh, take streamers don't take too kindly to the celebrity celebrities being on Twitch and whatnot, and uh, kind of got me thinking that. You know, um, I could see how it could be tough in that, in that realm where, you know, he already has some backing of an audience because he's a celebrity. Right. Uh, but, I mean, Kip said he's been doing this before he got in AEW. And if he wasn't right. in AEW, he'd be doing it. And, I mean, he only averages probably about 70 or so viewers at any one time so it's not like yeah he's in competition with anybody but i i'll 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 back kip sabian up here in a way because 
I doubt your average wrestling fan even tunes in to watch Call of Duty streamers. I feel like it's a completely different audience. And the the viewers who are tuning in to Kip and even Miro, Miro is very popular on Twitch, I feel. Um, I don't think they're taking audience away from these Call of Duty streamers. So if anyone was giving Kip a hard time, you know, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not... Yeah, it's it's just weird because like anyone can do this. It's it's not like you pay to do it. It's not like it was handed to him. He's he's uh you know doing it out of the the love of you know playing video games. games. I mean, if your style is to sit on top of a water tower and and snipe, then <laughs> then that's your that's your strat. How come I only get three kills a game? Well, because you're sitting still, bud. You know, Kip's not good at Warzone, but yeah, like you said, he does he does do it out of the love of the game and and I applaud him for that. I wish I wish I was getting 70 viewers on my Twitch channel. You get there, bud. You just gotta gotta I grind. Gotta do it more. I gotta do it more what I Twitch twitch.tv slash tally underscore double six. Check it out. All right, let's move into the next promo or the next segment of the night. We had uh, Lance Archer and Jake Roberts come out. And, I mean, we're assuming that we're going to get the announcement of who he's going to have in his corner for this six-man tag that we heard about earlier in the night. And, I mean, surprisingly, like, I, I was sitting there thinking while Jake was running this promo, he was quoting Pink Floyd lyrics. Uh, Wish you were here. I thought that was kind of cool. But um, I'm trying to think of, like, who could team with Lance Archer? And then he calls out Taz. And I'm like, holy shit. These two have been fighting the last couple weeks, interrupting each other's segments. It's almost so in my face. I'm, I'm, I'm mad I didn't think of it. But it seems like that Lance Archer is going to have the machine Brian Cage and absolute Ricky Starks in his corner going up against Moxley next week. Mm-hmm. What do you think of FTW, <clears throat> Team Taz, whatever you want to call them, teaming up with Archer after their last couple of weeks of history? Well, I mean, I thought the same as you. Uh, I I was wondering who he could even pick, and I'm I'm running through the roster and I'm thinking he's got to come out and say, I don't need anybody. I'll, I'll fight six men. All three, yeah. Uh, you know, like, I, I thought that's where the promo was going to go. But when he calls out Taz and Taz cuts his promo, then it's kind of making more sense that this is a business transaction. They're not friends. This is purely business. And what Taz and I guess ultimately Brian Cage get out of this is if they win, then Brian Cage is going to uh, get a, a shot at the title when Lance mm-hmm. beats Moxley, I guess, if that happens. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a very important um, piece of information, you know, when it leads into, you know, predicting what might happen with the storyline between Moxley and Archer. If Team Archer beats 
Team Moxley next week in the six-man tag. Brian Cage is entitled to a title shot if Lance beats Moxley, you know, anniversary show October 14th uh, at Daly's Place. So, yeah, that's huge implications. But before this in-ring segment can even end, we hear Moxley's music play. They're doing the look around. I love how they're they're not sure where he's coming from. I mean, comes out the same door every time, but you know, let's look around. But I like it. Moxley comes out of the door. He attempts to cut a promo back on these guys. And I mean, I notice it right away. I'm like, I see you, Ricky, sitting out in the crowd. Sure enough, Ricky jumps Moxley before he could even get the fifth word of his sentence out. Brian Cage comes from the left beat the absolute piss out of Moxley but who comes to his rescue here but newly signed Will Hobbs with a chair in hand saves his boy saves Moxley uh Starks and uh Starks and Cage make their way to the ring to join uh Archer and and Taz and Jake Roberts and stuff like that Moxley gets to finish his promo He gasses up Will Hobbs like he's the next big thing. No offense to Brock Lesnar. Um, And, you know, who could I pick for my my second partner, my third in my group? Well, I got to look at Ricky Stark's favorite wrestler uh, in Darby Allin. I know you're at home. I know you're ready to get back in it. Well, get off your ass and get your your ass to Jacksonville next week because we got some works to do. So I, I really like this matchup. Moxley's got his big guy to kind of match against uh, against Archer. Well, I guess, I guess essentially against Cage. Moxley's going up against Archer, and then we have Darby versus Stark. So I think this will be an interesting six-man tag. I, I, I have high hopes for it. I'll give it a chance, but, I mean, they've, they've, they've burned me before, those six-man tags. So we'll see what comes of it. What, what are your thoughts on Moxley's partners? Um, well, Will Hobbs definitely is, uh, it's a surprise. I mean, uh, he's, uh, you know, a dark guy gets signed, gets a win. And, uh, now he's probably going to main event, uh, next week. Um, I'm sure he'll do well. And, uh, what a, a nod to a guy to say, Hey, you've been doing a good job through the pandemic but to you know team him up with moxley um it's going to be huge for his popularity um and i think even moxley uses the the willpower uh saying that yeah. during his little announcement his little that will help. There, yeah. yeah yeah it's gonna be cool yeah uh it's a huge rub for will to to be uh tagging with uh with moxley and I hope there's that spot where, you know, Darby's out, Moxley's in rough shape, and we get that hot tag to Will Hobbs from the AEW champion Moxley. You know, I think that's just huge for, for Will Hobbs, and uh, it'll it'll skyrocket him into, into competition, you know, main roster, if I can use that term. It's huge. Uh, I'm so I'm I'm happy for him. He, he, you know, after jobbing out to Orange Cassidy and and Darby Allen himself, you know, he deserves it. He 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 didn't get a chance. He 
I feel like he didn't even get a chance to show off what he has, but he did get to he did get his chance at the casino battle royale, and I mean he's cashing in on 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 his ticket essentially. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited for this six man tag. I hope I hope it goes as well as I want it to. Let's leave it at that. Let's get right into the main event of the evening. The best match of the night. The match that we were supposed to see five freaking months ago on Blood and Guts. Uh, the Blood and Guts special dynamite. It's the parking lot brawl. The parking lot fight. Proud and powerful. Santana and Ortiz versus best friends. Trent and Chucky. And what they had planned for this. I had... It totally surprised me when when the match kind of starts. You know, they got the circle of cars. I was expecting this, like, because we've seen them fight in the parking lot before, and it's kind of just, like, really backstage. I was kind of expecting the, you know, stadium stampede-style match, I guess. Um, Or even that uh, broken mat uh, and Kenny versus Sammy and Jericho tag match that we saw. Um, just something like that. But this mm-hmm. was the circle of cars. The headlights were on. Everything was in play. There was a bunch of the uh, jobbers, you know, there to create some uh, crowd noise. Like this was a parking lot fight, you know, uh, remnants of the bully after a Kings versus OCN Blizzard game type parking lot fight. <laughs> like it was crazy. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that setting. Yeah, I mean, it looked really cool. I have to say, I was ex- I was half expecting this to to just be kind of a just a goofy match. Um, they, I feel like in Vanilla Brand, these types of matches are really really hit and miss, and more more hit hits. than 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 uh, more no, misses sorry, than hits. more misses than hits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I was thinking about a very specific uh roman reigns uh <laughs> braun Strowman in the back type situation which you know something fell on roman reigns it was so dumb anyways yeah um but this match was amazing like one of the coolest matches i think we've had all year on dynamite and the the spots like i mean on in my notes here it goes for days yeah <laughs> like just you got quite a bit of notes here man it's just crazy um, so if i can be like just like like really transparent here and really honest like i was when i saw the circle of cars and i'm like well this isn't what i kind of thought i almost tuned out and very early on in the in the in the match there was a spot where best friends have uh ortiz trapped in the hood of a car and they both do these back these like backdrops onto the hood, like crushing Ortiz in the after that, I was like, I've never seen that kind of spot before. And I mean, I was dialed in focused into this match after that. And I mean, I mean, we could, this could be a whole podcast by itself. And maybe that's something we got to do. We got to do a live reaction type while we watch this this match this match was freaking amazing and it was like you said it was spot after spot after spot after spot and i mean deadly spot after deadly spot after deadly spot like this this match was so good 
it had the hardcore legend himself, Mick Foley, gassing it up on Twitter. And this is a currently okay. employed WWE legend <laughs> gassing up AEW. It was, it was amazing. I mean, you have to. Uh, I, I If that... Uh... You know, James Corvette there even says anything bad about this match. You have to know. You have to know. Corey, you have to know <laughs> that this guy's a joke because this match this match was, was really, really well done. Um, if, if he says, if Jason Corvette <laughs> says anything bad about this match, it, it's a work. And he doesn't really mean it. If, he is an if, absolute idiot if he thinks this match is bad. If James Corvette says anything about this match, <laughs> he is banned. Banned from listening to our podcast. Wow. Right, banned I from watching it. AEW. Banned from listening to IWP. I like it. But I, I think uh, what really got you with that hood spot is, like, usually in these types of, we'll call them specialty matches, they do yep. the spot, and, and then that's, you know, they go away from that. But, like, I mean, Ortiz took th- three big spots underneath the hood of that car. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they just kept going at it, and it was just like, like, there was an actual engine in that car, and it was an actual hood, and they were f- backflipping on top of this hood while this guy was laying on top of the engine. Like I I'm a mechanic. I'm a mechanic and I, you know, live make my living laying crawled under, you know, working on engines. It's not comfortable. Right. So to have somebody essentially close the close the hood on me and then jump on it, I mean, that's that's the real deal right there. That's uh what do you think was the biggest spot of this match? And I'm thinking that you and I are, are going to say the same thing on this one, but uh, you go first. I mean, if we're talking about, oh my God, holy shit moments, it's got to be Trent going through that windshield. Absolutely. Um, like, oh. when I was describing it to my wife, I was like, feeling that... Um, You know when your nervous system is just going all crazy and, and you like it get cold really quickly like i, I feel like right. that's what he had to feel with right. all of that you could just see all of the shiny shards of glass sticking in his back and well this is something that we need to make sure our listeners know if you didn't watch this match these are not gimmicked cars these are real vehicles you could tell by the way the glass is breaking you know we've seen glass spots in the vanilla brand before and it's it's candy glass it's movie glass it breaks very easily it doesn't powder is is i guess is what the main key is when you crash your car the windshield is designed to not shatter into shards it's designed to spider and and powder and I don't know if you've ever broken that kind of glass onto your skin before. And when it powders and it's dug into your skin, it's irritating. It, it's constantly cutting you. You can't like just shower that shit off. 
I can't stress that enough. Yeah, man. it's like I'm sure Trent still. It's like it. having a nap naked in that pink fiberglass insulation. Like <laughs> that's I can a only good imagine analogy. It's something like that. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. I mean, I've never been in the, uh, in a serious car accident to where I've had to experience a shattered windshield or anything like that. But I mean, that had to have been what it was like, man. That's yeah. insane. And I mean, we saw it as soon as he like crawled out of. I mean, we see it in his face when he makes when he lands, but then he like crawls out of it. I mean, we still had five more five minutes left of this match that he had to work with this back full of glasses. Well, and I think we thought he was out. Like he was done at that point. I thought that too. But then Ortiz picks up, uh, one by fours. So (sighs) kind of like a two by four, but dude, I forgot about this. And he starts smacking him on the back with it. And, I forgot I, about that. I know, because I remember you were like, <laughs> dude, just give him a break. He's so hurt just right leave now. Leave him alone. <laughs> yes, that was unnecessary. But, God, I, I, I wish I, w- I could have been a fly on the wall in the meeting. What, was that planned? Or did Ortiz just see this giant piece of wood and we're like, yeah, fuck, I'll hit Trant over the back with it, even though he's got a back full of glass. Yeah. And I had to feel like after that first one and it like breaks over his back and Trent's doing this, I feel like he had to look up and say, dude, like seriously. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I, I feel like that too. I feel like that first one was just like, really bud? Like, do you see how my back is bleeding? Uh, yeah. But then he gave him a few more hits. And- he gave him a couple more. <laughs> I mean, anybody who's ever had anything bad to say to Trent, you can't you can't say that anymore. This guy's a freaking trooper. He's unreal that he even took that spot in the first place. Never mind three or four one by four slats to the back. Oh my god! Yeah, we had a lot of uh, power bombs on top of the the roofs of the cars or, or the hoods of the cars, just. Big, big hits. Um, then we get to see uh, one of the best friends, Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Little, little surprise. Uh, Trent was propped up against uh, the one of the trunks of the cars. And um, I believe it was Ortiz was getting set up to for a big spot. He was going to hit him with something. I can't really remember what it was. But before it can happen... The trunk, the you see the light start in a flash, and the trunk pops open, and there's Orange Cassidy, fistful of fistful of chain. We get the orange punch, totally knocks out Ortiz. Uh, Ortiz is out of the match at this point, um, and then Chucky and Trent uh, set up. We we saw it, we saw it set up really early in the match. There was this big like five eighths uh, thick sheet of plywood. Uh, laid over the box of a truck and yeah, someone's going through that. And sure enough, that was the finish Trent with the strong zero through the plywood into the box of the truck. Uh, I believe it was uh Remsburg that was there for the one, two, three. Um, it was an amazing match. Like we didn't even, we didn't even talk about half the spots that were in this match. This was nonstop devastation bodies going through metal and glass wood garbage cans at one point and 
like anybody who lives in Manitoba and we get these freaking city mandated trash cans, whatever those things are made of is freaking paper and glass compared to what these garbage cans are made of. I don't know who took that backflip through that garbage can. I think it was Trent or Chucky. I think it was Chucky. Yeah. Those things did not give at all. They are strong AF. <laughs> yeah, and Chucky's a big dude, right? So you'd think it, it would like yeah. dent the plastic a little bit, but After didn't sure. even move. I mean, yeah, all I can say I, is I, go I, watch I can, this match. I, if you didn't watch this match, you have to go watch this match. Uh, do not listen to Corvette before you watch this. Get yeah, your make own sure opinion. You're... Yeah, Don't believe us, but believe us because uh, we're hyping it up for a reason. If you don't believe us, believe the hardcore legend himself. Mick Foley gassed this up. He said it was one of the best parking lot matches, one of the best, you know, outside of the ring type matches that he'd ever seen. This is the hardcore legend himself. This is the guy who used to wrap a baseball bat with barbed wire. Go watch this match. Um, if you want us to do a live commentary type reaction to this match while it's going on, leave it in the comments below. Send us those anchor voice messages if that's what you want to hear, and we will definitely get that done for you guys. Because I would love to watch this match again. Yeah. And I love the ending. Oh, yeah. Let's uh, talk about Sue, the ending. Sue, Sue comes to pick up the boys in the minivan. She's got a brand new, I don't know if it was a Toyota, but it was a, a white minivan. She comes to pick up the boys. I thought this was uh, a sweet way to sort of end off this this feud. And uh, the guys pile in. She gives uh, Trent a hug, <laughs> all yeah, back bleeding and everything. I, I, I think she actually put her hands like on his back, and I'm like, Sue, you're gonna cut yourself. I think I said that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But uh, she couldn't have been too happy with Trent getting blood all over her brand new minivan. Shit. Ah, she's got right. AEW money now. That's probably true. has four of those vans. <laughs> probably. Yeah, no. And then, I mean, we get the big sign-off. The big sign-off for the show, Sue, is over. Oh, like, so over. Is the t-shirt made? Like, is it, is this t-shirt made yet? <laughs> I think it needs to be. Sue flipping the bird to... While she's driving all away. All of us. While she's driving away. It was amazing. It was such a good end to the show. It was the way it all should have happened. And... um like I, like we mentioned, we were supposed to see this match months ago, and I said it last week how they they rekindled this feud between best friends and proud and powerful so organically. It wasn't until Trent said the word or uh, Chucky said the words "parking lot fight," we'll meet you out in the parking lot, that it reminded me that we were supposed to see this a long time ago. And I mean that's just a credit to um, AEW's creative and the way they're telling their stories, man. Like this was so organic. I can't gas this this feud up enough. And and this match, I'm gonna say it one more time. It was it was the match of the night. It might have been match of the year. Yes, it's AEW. definitely a candidate. Definitely. I mean, whew, I just remembered Revolution, Hangman. Well, yeah, well, let's say dynamite match of the year. How about for that? sure. 
hands down dynamite match of the year. So again, if you guys haven't seen it, go watch it. I uh, I can't say enough about it. Um, but yeah, there's our show for this week. It was um, it was it was quite the week. We had uh, a lot to get through. Hopefully, we didn't uh, put you guys to sleep or anything like that. But uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you guys are listening on uh, any of the podcast services, we are on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Pocket Casts. Radio Public, um, soon to be Apple, iTunes podcast, and Google podcast. All that's coming. Um, I mean, they're technically not a sponsor, but shout out to Anchor FM for providing a free service to get our podcast out there for free. Um, they're taking care of all the distribution to all these different uh, podcast uh, services and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's just amazing. It's it, such a good feeling that uh our listeners our viewers have options out there now and uh, hopefully this grows our audience for sure all right so thanks for watching if you're still watching on youtube don't forget to like subscribe and leave your comments below and if you are listening on anchored make sure to leave us some of those voice messages maybe you'll get a shout out in an upcoming episode thanks for watching peace out you guys and go fuck yourself corvette if you didn't like that match I'm fucking coming down to Tennessee or wherever you live. I'm going to show you what Smoky Mountain Wrestling is all about. Peace. <laughs>